Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Yo, and welcome to the show. On today's episode, we're going to wrap up It Didn't Start With You. And there's actually a good amount of book left. It's just that after this next chapter, which we're going to go into some more science here and then some anecdotal things from me. The remainder of the book, because I like things that are action-oriented and results-focused, is him explaining and walking you through the core language approach. It's how he treats his patients and the method that he uses to sort of get to deep-rooted trauma. I could not do that sort of work justice, um, given that I'm not the therapist, psychologist, the writer of said book. So if going through some of these, you know, practices, the writing exercises, the things he has people do, and I'll share sort of maybe a couple of my understandings that I got from this towards the end of that, uh, sounds good to you, then I suggest you pick it up in some manner. And whether you like this book or there's a new book coming out that's talking about this same sort of stuff, it's been very popular. Uh, Sarah's bought it and I have not read it but from what i've seen posted about it in the clips from the author herself this book is probably also amazing with ways to fix this stuff like the more people who are talking about and getting this stuff out here the better that we're going to be as a species and that book is how to do the work recognize your patterns heal from your past and create yourself by dr nicole lapera and with that Let's get started. So chapter three is titled The Family Mind, and it's really mostly about your parents, your relationship with them, and then understanding that the relationship that you have with your parents is largely modeled on the relationship that they had with their parents. I mean, that makes sense. A lot of us just do whatever we saw other people do, and it wasn't like this information was as widely spread at the time. And hell, you hear it now, I'm doing just fine, you know, even though you're probably not fine, you're just getting along, right? You've made it, but fine uh, might just be an understatement. In any case, not to derail myself, people don't make adjustments from how they were raised because they feel that if it happened to them, that it is fine for that to happen to other people. And as a side note, just because things were sucky for you does not mean they need to be sucky for someone else. In any case, patterns of relating to romantic partners appear to be based on how your mother bonded with you. How a mother bonds with us in the womb appears to be instrumental in neural development. Thomas Verney says, from the moment of conception, the experience in the womb shapes the brain and lays the groundwork for emotional temperament, personality, and the power of higher thought. The first nine months outside of the womb function as a continuation of neural circuit development from inside the womb, which ones remain or are discarded depends on how the child interacts with the mother or the primary caregiver. When a mother is carrying previous trauma or experienced a break in the bond with her mother, it can impact how she bonds with her child. 
an impact of an early break between the mother and the infant can have lasting impacts on the child. Remember these sights, these smells, all of the interactions with the mother or the primary caregiver as discussed is all the child knows as a reference point for safety. I mean, this is how it learns to feel comfortable in the world is this level of consistency during the, the early years of life. According to Bert Hellinger, who was a German psychotherapist, people will unconsciously identify themselves with a family member out of loyalty and then repeat some of those behaviors in an attempt to finally work through the trauma. Also, siblings who come up in the same house and are raised the same way will inherit different traumas and experience different fates. Uh, you have to remember the Carl Jung line from the first episode is that things that are not acknowledged consciously will be repeated and interacted with over and over again as fate until one basically becomes aware of what is going on so you can choose differently instead of running on autopilot. Now from here the book goes into various treatment modalities, visualization, meditation and what that does for you. I love a every time I can plug meditation I do it. Mm, motherfuckers just need to do it. I'm telling you just even five minutes a day change your life. In any case and then sort of walks people through the core language approach how to get to what your core sense is what that even is the four unconscious things that interrupt the flow of life identifying with a parent even though you reject some of the behaviors that they've done as a way of unconscious loyalty as talked about before experience a break in the bond early in life and what that tends to do to people and how you can sort of recognize your behaviors based on the explanations and the stories that he tells from his patients uh, names are changed obviously to illustrate these points and not so this could be some woe is me you know bitching session i people should have done this i should have had that but so that you can finally place words to some of these events that may or may not be yours due to the fact that trauma uh, when things happen tends to be stored in the subconscious and in the rest of the body because you can't place words to it because that part of the brain is not working as we discussed on a previous episode but without the language to talk about an event it becomes harder if not impossible to place the event in its proper context so you can start to work through this stuff and to let it go as much as possible not as a way of forgiving whatever happened to you but so you can reconcile the situation enough to move on and start to make smaller changes in your life maybe not so self-destructive because you're not so afraid to be seen you don't hold yourself back as often or are afraid to set boundaries in your relationships big one because you're worried about somebody else's approval because if they don't like me then no one will like me and everybody will abandon me that type of terrible negative catastrophizing thinking that sort of negative train that our brains can get stuck on like the awareness of and working on these issues allows you to sort of stop it in the middle and once you get to doing that on a consistent basis it becomes easier to take the steps that you want once you can start to interrupt those old autopilot habits especially the ones that you beat yourself up for after taking 
is when you really start to see a lot of momentum in your life. And even if you did have momentum, it's much easier to do things when you don't have to fight your body is what it feels like every time you go to do something, even if you know logically that you should do it, but you just can't make yourself do it. Uh, not having to do that is going to make your life a hell of a lot easier. And now a brief word from one of our sponsors, Audible. Hey, so we have all heard that knowledge is power. So if knowledge is power, access and the ability to digest that knowledge is a superpower. Uh, however, not all of us have time to sit and read at the end of the day in our busy lives full of hustle and bustle. We are always on the move and in the middle of working long hours, trying to get things done, working on side projects, or frankly, just taking care of yourself and your family. You may not have time to sit down and read. And that's why I love Audible. Audible allows you to take advantage of those transition moments like the gym, like your drive to work, like cooking, to install new knowledge that you did not have before to help take you from where you are now to where you want to be. There are thousands of titles available on Audible, including bestsellers like Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is Away, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, and others. Start your 30-day trial today and your first book is free. Go to audibletrial.com slash truempodcast to get started. That's Audible Trial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-L dot com slash true, T-R-U-E-M-P podcast. And now back to the show. Okay, so we have ended the evidence portion of the book, and this is now officially Eric's story time about a couple of beliefs that I had discovered about myself using the core language approach found in this book. And then some of the changes I was able to make, which is bringing this to my conscious awareness. Now, I had been into self-development for a bit. I, like most men, got into this space after a really bad breakup and wanted to sort of figure out what was going wrong. But really, it was just I want to get laid better and at higher frequency. So I need to figure out why things keep happening to me, why do my approaches not work so well, uh, how am I coming off to others. So you dip your toe in the self-development water and you start stacking skills without working on any of the shit underneath because you feel that that's going to be the answer and you will get progress from it. You'll get a lot of progress from it, especially if you're coming from a foundation that's broken. You go back to fix uh, some of your baseline issues let's stick with social situations because that's what i started with and it gets a little bit better your results get better but sometimes you still feel incomplete you're not as consistent as you would like to be some nights i would go out and you wouldn't do any approaching at all and you would make excuses for it come up with something oh she looks bitchy oh there's too many people you could rationalize a trillion reasons why you didn't do something that you knew in your heart that you wanted to do the coward dies many deaths as it were and i thought that maybe i just needed more skills and it comes to a time where you can't keep stacking things on top right like you have gotten the benefit 
from a baseline level of understanding and practicing. And at some point you have to look in the cave that you don't want to look in to figure out why certain sections of your life look the way they did. Uh, why was it so hard for me to save money? Why? And I still sort of cycle through these moods where I'll be really good for a while. Then I'll spend maybe a week like in the dumps or so. And I'm sort of able to work through that faster now. But I would get stuck in this sort of depressive state and it would you know, it would take some time to, to get over it. Sometimes I would call off work randomly, just like, why am I not as consistent as I would like to be? Why do I have to keep dealing with this? Is this permanently my life? Um, obviously, I was never going to go talk to a therapist about this. You're just going to white knuckle it. But so, and that was, and that was the life. You would build up savings and then I would blow my life up. You would sort of build a foundation. You would have a decent relationship and then you would go and do something stupid as a way to return yourself back to, and I didn't understand this at the time, but I had somehow taken, and who knows this from the events that had happened in my life, because I'd always consider myself fairly smart. Um, I got good grades in school. A lot of times I didn't try, but newsflash, I didn't finish college. Uh, didn't apply myself to a lot of things, because maybe you felt that your life was supposed to be a certain way. Through this book, I realized that I had attached a vision of myself as sort of a um, a Doc Holliday, a Tyler Durden-ish type character where you would have the charisma and you were capable, but because his outlook on life is negative, he can't hold on to anything and sometimes actively seeks to destroy it. Like you can't throw away your kingdom if you're not capable of building a kingdom in the first place you can't destroy something that you've built uh tumble down like the tragic hero that you somehow identify yourself with if you're not competent enough to build up things in the first place so my life would cycle this way you would choose bad partners and not know why uh, especially ones that the boundaries that i have now are sort of based on things i understand about myself but they would violate those boundaries you know they would cancel dates last minute sometimes people wouldn't show up to things and you would say you weren't going to go talk to them but then you get that two o'clock you up text and you're back over there right no respect for yourself like where does that come from so um through some of these writing exercises i realized that i didn't think you know in addition to the previous story i just told that i didn't think that i was going to uh be here that long in the first place just based on the fact that a lot of people that look like me and then whose family lives are sort of like mine um, and whose families sort of live in maybe not the greatest areas. Now we moved to Houston. Uh, my father did work a lot. We were able to go to a nice school, but that was not the case for my formative years of life. Um, you know, they don't make it that far. So why would you bother to save? Why would you bother to do anything really outside of chase tail or do a lot of drinking and drugs if you don't plan on living that long in the first place now this was not something i knew consciously about myself for a long time but you could see how the belief that people like me uh who have done the things that i've done don't make it past 27 if that's an unconscious belief that you hold it's going to be real hard for you to do anything that is contrary to 
that belief and everybody's got their own stories and that's just you know a couple of mine like it's hard to build things if you don't believe that you can have things it's hard to have a peaceful life if you don't feel comfortable or you think that safe is boring because you need this crazy high emotion uh, which is frankly not healthy you and two people yelling at each other all this fucking arguing people going out and doing all this shit like you need all this stimulation to feel something because you're so dead inside from how you feel about other shit like working through that stuff and it's not like i'm perfect now it's not like it's all gone away but the awareness that those were beliefs about myself that i had allows me to sort of catch myself um, as much as possible it's always still a work in progress you never completely slay the demon you just sort of hover above it as much as possible as you can and then you try to make adjustments as you go on avoid situations that you know are going to tempt you into doing things that'll backslide you right because remember those pathways in the brain never really go away but as I sort of work through those feelings about myself or, you know, if some of those things weren't mine, but maybe they were passed to me from someone else, my life got a little easier, right? You, if you can hear all this stuff about saving and never do it, never do it. You solve an issue about yourself and then you start saving a little bit. And it's not like I'm like king of saving or anything like that, but I do a decent job now of making sure that if I was to lose a job, that I'd be able to pay my bills long enough to find another job just as a basic Example, you know, that you have some savings put away, even if it's just a little bit, into an IRA if you don't have anything at your job. So that way, when you get to an older age, you'll have something. It's hard if you don't believe or know, frankly, that you are a likable person worthy of love. If you don't believe that of yourself, what type of partners, uh, men or women, whatever, the type of people do you think you're going to have and allow into your life when you don't believe yourself to be worthy of respect you can stack all of the skills you want on top of that shit but all you're going to end up with is the type of people like you'll be better at attracting the same type of people who will hurt you in the past and you may be better at escaping or you'll probably let those people go earlier um as talking to the fellas here because you're not going to be living in scarcity because you know you can go get another woman but nine times out of ten it's going to be the same type of girl in a different meat suit because that's the type of thing that you're attracted to based on y'all's traumas just loving on each other anyway it is the the fixing of these deeper level beliefs and i'm not shitting on skill acquisition in my opinion 85 percent of life is about learn some shit and then do something with that shit rinse and repeat until you die uh, there's really nothing else to do here and you just have to understand that you may no longer be lacking in an external skill, the actual knowledge and the reasons why you may not have what you want or you go through things in your life is because you have not sorted or started to work out some of the things that go on internally, which is how I got into all this masculine stuff in the first place, uh, king, warrior, magician, lover, Iron John, which is probably one of my favorite books of all time. No Mernist or Nice Guy is sort of a combination between, you know, another therapist sort of. Here is some issues I had in my life, but he combines it with men's work, talks about covert contracts and everything else. All these behaviors 
that we fix on the skill side. I feel like everybody has to start there, but here's an easy example. Let's say with every new person you meet, you make self-deprecating jokes. Now, do you make these jokes because you legitimately think they're funny? This is what felt good to you in the moment. Although I would just almost always say that unless you really know these people, you don't want to do that. You don't want to talk bad about yourself. Uh, you don't want to walk up to people seeking approval. But why do you even do that in the first place? Like, you know, approval seeking behavior is low value. The harder you chase a new person, especially when they haven't earned it, the faster they're going to run because they internally feel that either A, you're going to be a lot to deal with because you're like this emotional black hole that always needs reassurance. Like you have to fix that shit and good game will let you get women, but it won't let you keep them because eventually you can only run the routine uh, for so long before the chemicals die down and then people start getting real with each other in terms of, okay, what is this person actually like? It's hard to hear someone that you love or at least remotely interested in talk shit about themselves all the time. But, you know, the reasons for all that stuff comes from coping mechanisms and dealing with the world from your child. Now, we all have our own things based on how we go through life and no two people's experiences are the same. So no two people's uh, beliefs that they take about those experiences are going to be the same. Um, but there is a big difference, and I'm going to keep it on the social scale here, but you could apply this to anything on a night out to meet new people when I know that no matter what happens, I am okay with myself and I love myself versus a long time ago when I would go out and I would exhibit all these needy people-pleasing behaviors, which funnily enough, the I'm fine whether you like me or not attitude and from a real place, not a, a front, a mask that you put up, has more people like you than you trying to do the well, I think that this person likes this or wants to hear this dance that you feel or believe will get people to like you because it's not real. And on some level, people sense it. And a lot of times your body language will betray you. Anyway, this is one of the trauma focused books that I've read that have really helped me make a lot of changes in my life and recognition about what I had been doing. And more importantly, why I had been doing it so I could let it go. Um, there's a few more. This is a, a heavy topic, so I'm not going to chain these back to back. But if you want to hear his treatment modality or any other treatment modalities they do, uh, they talk about some research based on visualization and how uh, visualizing things in a certain way can cause changes in the brain, you not swimming in depression and anger soup all day and feeling some gratitude about life even if it's small and how you can sort of snowball the effect that your body is no longer addicted to being angry and depressed all the time but starts to wean itself off of that to other emotions and the effect that has on your health and all those other things right so you can start building a life that you are truly choosing instead of selecting random shit off the menu from autopilot based on trauma that did or did not start with you.
And with that, I love you guys. Be good to each other. And I'll see you. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at true, T-R-U-E-M-P underscore podcast. See you next time.